0: A reading from the Gospel according to Matthew, the third chapter, beginning with the first verse. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now, the axe is lying at the root of the trees. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Christmas cards are fun to get, right? Sometimes they're more fun to get than other times. One year we decided we would stuff our Christmas card full of glitter and reindeer glitter. We got a lot of feedback from our family about that card. Hardly any of it was positive. Very few people talked about how great the card was, the sentiment of it. People talked to us about having to sweep up little tiny reindeer off their floor. But Christmas cards are a great tradition. They're usually pretty, even if they're purely secular cards. Sometimes they give very little heed to the reason that we celebrate Christmas. I went and perused the Christmas card aisle at Walmart the other day to get ready for this sermon. And most of the cards I saw, they said something simple like, A little peace, a little wonder. A lot of joy to you and yours this season. With a snowman on the front of the card. Now I wonder, how will a snowman give us peace? I wondered, how will a snowman give me joy? Now here you can have a snowman for what, 40 minutes? Maybe in Wisconsin where my brother lives, where they have on the bank signs there that have the temperature, they actually put a plus so that they can put a negative later. Maybe up there you could have a snowman for a couple months and it give you joy. But here at a snowman, the joy melts 40 minutes after you make it, maybe the next day if you're lucky. How in the world can we find joy from something so obscure? I saw an ad on a website, one of those things that you can click, and it takes you to the special Christmas section. Of that website, and and it was either Cabela's or Bass Pro or some other fishing reel site, I don't remember which one, but down there it showed a person getting ready for Christmas and it said, Share the joy this season. Now, apparently, what I could do is I could click on that badge on that website and I would be taken to a place where I could buy Christmas for people and spread joy. As the people of God, there should seem maybe something not quite right about that. that somehow the joy of Christmas is in the buying and the giving and the receiving of stuff. But that's what we work ourselves up about: getting the perfect gift. Has there ever been a greater pressure than getting the perfect gift for somebody that never likes anything you get them? My grandfather-in-law, beautiful man, everything we ever gave him, he said, "I got one of those." We thought we were doing something awesome when we got him horseshoes. He loved horseshoes. Well, I got a bunch of them. We tricked him one year and gave 10 or 15 Gideon Bibles. I can't remember how many it was. And that was the Christmas gift we gave him that shocked and impressed and caused him to appreciate the gift. That's surprising. But it's hard to give for some people. My dad likes to shake the box and guess what's in it and ruin Christmas for you. My mother would unwrap stuff, look in the box and then wrap it back. <laughs> the Christmas card aisle was a little depressing. Most were expressing of love and gratitude for the person receiving the card, but very few made any mention of God's mighty act of salvation in Christ. Very few made any mention of Jesus' birth. And Christmas is the celebration of the birth of the Son of God. That God the Son has come and is coming. And that's what John the Baptist was announcing that day as he stood at the river and saw those people coming. That Christ is coming, he's saying. The kingdom of God is at hand. The Lord of creation stands at the side of the river. But apparently not at the Christmas card aisle. There were a few. There were a few. I'll give you a couple examples. Mostly, if you go over there and look, there'll be about 10 or 15, and some of them are marked with a cross. So you can find them easier, and you don't have to sift through all the ones that speak of a snowman bringing joy. This one is, was beautiful. I took photographs of these because I was too cheap to buy them and bring them and use them. I hope that's not copyright infringement, but. Here's what it says. May our hearts be ever tender to the wonder of the story when our God came near to save us, leaving heaven's perfect glory as a baby in a manger on a silent starry night to a world so lost in darkness, Jesus Christ became our light. May his wondrous love shine brightly in our hearts this Christmas and then the new year. I thought that one was really pretty. This one said, it's easy to believe in goodness, grace and blessings when there are people in the world like you. Again, maybe something hearkening back to the verse I read to the children about us being God's masterpiece and God's workmanship created to express love to people. An idea that somehow we might bear a fruit from our repentance, that we might become something that people can appreciate in the world. And then there was one that said, heavenly peace to you. And that is, after all, what we say Christ came to bring, peace for us. Peace with God, peace with each other. Because somehow in Christ we learn to love God and love one another. In ways that we weren't able to before. There's no mistake that John sees these people coming and tells them to repent. He doesn't tell them, wow, you've done a wonderful thing. Wow, you're perfect now. He tells them to change. And surely the good news can't be that Christ will leave us as we are. Surely the good news can't be that Christ will leave us as we were before we knew Christ. For over and over, the Bible tells us that before we had Christ, we had nothing. That our relationship with God even was severed and broken. And here comes this strange fellow walking out of the desert, saying, Repent! Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I thought to myself, that would make a sorry Christmas card. But then I thought, maybe it would make a perfect Christmas card. Maybe that really is the message that should be on our lips at Christmas that it's time for us to embrace the reign of God in our lives because it's come in Christ. And a little one born in a manger in a way unsuspecting, in a way none of us would have looked for, in a surprise, in the absolute humor of God Almighty, God became flesh in an infant and grew and dwelt among us and was put to death for us and raised for us. And surely that's worth responding to. Surely that's worth giving ourselves to. But the pressure we have is to click on a little badge and share the joy of Christmas by buying somebody a new fishing reel. I'm not dropping hints. Think of the sad turn that's taking. When we turn our eyes from the Christ in the manger to the gifts that were placed before the manger. And become envious of the gifts Christ received. And desire more gold for ourselves. More frankincense for ourselves. More myrrh. More wonderful things. More and more of this world. Instead of desiring more and more of Christ. It stresses me out when somebody says to me. And this is usually the... the, This is usually the rebuttal of Christianity that I experience. Maybe you experience something different. But people will say to me, how can a loving God send people to hell? And my response is always, what more do you want? He died for you. What more do you want that God to do? Give in to your way, give in to your wants, give in to your desires. That's what John the Baptist is asking these people when he says, Repent, turn away from how you think things should be, and turn to the way that God is making in the desert, to a way of salvation. We light a candle today to remind us that Christ is the way. That Christ is the way to hope, to love, to joy, and to peace. Not a snowman. Not the giving of gifts or the receiving of gifts, but the Christ the gifts speak of. What more do we want God to do? It seems that John's criticism of the Pharisees and the Sadducees is that they wanted everything on their terms. They wanted to be able to keep this rule, keep that rule, and keep this rule and say that they had done the requirements that God had set before them and so they were righteous. But John looks at them and calls them a brood of vipers that are trying to outrun the flames. When standing in our midst is God's cosmic flame extinguisher. God's cosmic fire extinguisher named Jesus. It seems odd. It seems odd that we would shift the celebration of Christmas from being enthralled overwhelmed inspired by the love of god to suffering under the idolatry of greed it seems odd to me but that's the story of our culture that the christmas card aisle tells The church, we know better. We know that the joy of this season is that God came to us in an unsuspecting way to do something unbelievable for us. To die for us and forgive our sins. And John would remind us today that that one returns to judge the quick, the living and the dead. That that one is on the way. That the kingdom of God is at hand. And dear ones, the kingdom of God is in you. The kingdom of heaven is in your heart and the spirit who dwells in you. Don't succumb to the pressures of our culture to celebrate a snowman Christmas. But instead, be like the Baptist and raise your finger and point to Christ in everything you do in this blessed season. Remind your family, your friends, your co workers, your enemies, people who hate you even. Remind them that Jesus is the reason for this season. And this Advent, as you receive cards, receive it as a reminder that Christ has died for you. And as you send cards, send them as a reminder for others that Christ has been raised as well. Embrace the logic of the season. There is joy in something being done for us that we could not do for ourselves. For Christ offers us forgiveness today. And that, dear ones, is the wonder and joy of Christmas. That is what we are called to embrace. And what I encourage you to embrace today as we come to Christ's table to celebrate this Advent great Thanksgiving. Remembering that you are called to joy, that you are called to love, to hope and to peace. What place does repentance have in our preparation for Christmas? It has first place. For it's only in repenting of our greed and our idolatry, it's only in repenting of the things that distract us from Christ that we can truly turn to Christ because that's what repentance is. Turning to Jesus. As you come to this table today, do it as an act of turning your thoughts, your heart, In your spirit to Christ. Come and embrace the wonder of the season. The wonder of the Christ Mass. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.